Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are. We're introducing a new format today. It's obviously still a podcast, but we are going to call shows like today's show mini episodes. These will always be released on a different day than our normal release date of Monday, and you're going to get a power-packed 15 minutes, 12 to 15 minutes of content. On Monday of this week, we talked about something we called the breakup email. We've also referred to it as the close the book email. Brian, you talked about, I taught you this, someone else taught me this. Uh, obviously, we got to pay, keep paying it forward. Have you ever, well, I say this, when was the last time you used the close the book email? I use it easily once a month. It's a great, it's it's a great little piece of candy. Uh, like I said on their on our previous episode, it's a great piece of candy you taught me uh, years ago, and it's just a great way to kind of check the momentum of where we're at. How about you? How often did you use this? I would say quite a bit. I, I, well, every deal that felt like it was slipping, I would say I used it, uh, and every deal when I think I got to the point of lost. But we'll we'll share some of those insights later on. I think the the real word or the way to talk about this email is when the the customer goes dark, Brian. And I, I know if you're in sales, if you're listening to this, riding a plane, a train, or an automobile, you you if you work in sales, you have had a customer go what we call completely dark. That means they're not talking to you anymore. They're not responding to emails. You know, just last week you were going to lunch and you've sent them three things and they don't respond. That is a dark customer. And it could mean any number of things, right? Like it could mean that it could mean that they're overwhelmed and they're busy. It could it could mean that uh, you've overwhelmed them and they've they've um, lessened their response time because you're sending them too much stuff. Or it could legitimately mean something's wrong with the project. And I think as sellers, we all start getting nervous. We've lost the deal, no doubt. But life happens, right? Uh, I have a, a somewhat sick mother that I got to take care of from time to time. It could call me away from the business for a couple of days. Um, but our gut always starts to churn a little bit, Brian. We think we've lost. And what I like to say is, look, just a few days ago, we really did have a commitment. We really did have a plan to do business together. If I had my reverse timeline set up, we, we were working towards something. So this is really odd that they've just gone dark. Kind of like WTF, where did they go? So I learned this from a, a close friend, a close partner, somebody that we did business with, someone that I bought into his company, and he was a great mentor of mine. The president of Sparkhound, in, headquartered in Baton Rouge, now with offices in Houston, Baton Rouge, Dallas, and Birmingham, Alabama, and a big consulting organization. Uh, the president's name is Sean Usher, and he taught me this. And it wasn't that he just said, hey, here's an email template, go use it. And we'll share an email template uh, later on. We'll talk about some other things we're going to give you guys from this mini episode. But what he shared is there's a lot going on in the customer's mind. There's, They're not just thinking, oh, man, I wish Brian Evans would quit emailing me, right? Um, we all are very busy people. And the way he talked me through it and the way I'll talk you through it, and Brian, I'd love to hear any examples that you have, is we've all been there. Maybe not as the customer buying a million-dollar project, but have you ever committed to a dinner party uh, that you were just completely dreading going to and at the last minute you didn't attend? 
don't think you lied when you said you were going to go to that dinner party, were you? I mean, it was just you just chose a different route. I had it this a couple weeks ago. I had one of my great friends had his ten year work anniversary at the same company. I I said I'll probably be there, which kind of means I was going to be there. But my son had BMX, and I should have. I 100% should have called, texted. I should have let him know that I was going to be there. I did not do it, and I, I dreaded not doing that. I felt such so bad for not doing that. Yeah, so you were the ghost RSVP. That's for sure. Pretty, that's it's pretty the cool. Worst. So you're it's a the liar. bottom of the barrel. It's the yeah. bottom of the barrel. Well, and I think my wife picks on me all the time. She, I'll be on the phone. She'll hear me talking to somebody, and I'll hang up the phone, and she'll say, there's no way you're doing what you just said you're doing. I mean, why can't you just tell them you're not interested? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I might be, you know, I want to throw another thing in my plate, but, um, have you ever taken on too much like that and said, I can't go. Um, I like the commitment that I make and then I come home and my wife go, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. uh, we all have a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend that can sometimes, or maybe always trump our decisions. So, um, it's a lot of times where I'll make a commitment to friends and, and maybe family. And then I come home and my wife says, no, we're doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but that's what we're doing. And I'm, I have to say, yes. Does that ever happen at your house, Brian? No way. You wear anyway. the pants, you wear yeah. the pants down there in, Ar- in Arlington. Okay. And a shout out to Margaret Bjork, one of our, our good listeners and contributors and soon to be uh, interviewee on the show. And I noticed Margaret, I did not say the wife. We said, we said our wife. Yes. And I do like to call, I do like to refer to Tammy every once in a while as my first wife. Completely true story. She's my first wife and more than likely the last, but it's, it's kind of the poke, you know? Okay. So customers go through all those things too, right? Whether they make the commitment, whether they make the promise and they can't follow through on it. And maybe more often than not, it's the timing. It's not always that they're, they're, they're really done with you or that you lost. So, if customers are going through some of these same examples that we've all lived through in our personal life, let's break down an email that Sean taught me to send to give the customer, quite frankly, every out possible to come clean on whatever's going on, right? If your friend would have called you, Brian, in in your example and said, Hey, I know you just moved back to the States. I know you got a lot going on, but I have to have a, I have to have a correct head count. If you're not coming, I would, pay you five bucks to tell me now that you're not coming or I, or I'll know you're coming. What would you have done then? I, that would have, it would have sparked emotion, I think. And you and would think have done what? I would have reacted. I would have, I would have been more truthful as to what the outcome was likely going to be. And I noticed you didn't say you wouldn't say I'm not going. What I think the human nature in all of us is to say, you know what guy, you are important to me. You've put me on the spot. I'm not going to not show up. I'm actually going to come put me on your list. And then you would have done everything. You would have said no to all those other people and they wouldn't have wondered if they lost kind of thing. But I do think that's a key part of this email is that you're the one out of many other average sales reps that are giving this person the chance to say, look, I'm not, I'm not interested in your product. So it's an emotional thing that occurs when they read this email and it's not super high tech. This one's super basic, we're going to give you a better review template to look at, or maybe one to use for yourself. And then I'm going to create a YouTube video where you can watch me write one and talk through why and what I'm saying to kind of get some ideas on how to write better ones in the future. But this is to John at company ABC from Bobby at the tech sales show. And the subject line in this one is miss the mark question mark. I'm not saying have we lost. I'm not 
giving up on the deal. I'm just saying, hey, did I miss the market? There's a little bit of subliminal messaging in that. The body of the email says, John, I have made a number of attempts to reach out to you regarding this project that we've been working on. At this point, I assume you've made a better decision for your company. No worries. While I always felt like we were working towards the best outcome for company ABC, I can respect the fact that you decided to go a different route. I will close things out on our end, meaning I'm going to close this opportunity, and give you some space as you implement, deploy, learn, whatever it is, your new system, tool, or product. Those are all examples, by the way. If there is any chance my assumption is incorrect, please let me know. Otherwise, know that I understand and hope we can continue to work together on future projects. Bobby Doss, TechSalesShow.com. Now, Brian, that's not just an email. Talk, talk us through what's really going on there. Well, just like the the point you made, if if I were to be called directly and said for five, you know, let me know, I'll I'll pay you five bucks if you're not going to come, that will save me, it will save me that extra spot at the dinner table. You're sparking emotion in the in this email. You're 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 giving, you're making the hard part of the conversation for them to tell you you lost. You're taking that away, which oftentimes will give them the chance to be honest as to what's really happening. I think that's all we really want, right? If, yes, if and Monday's all we really episode want is all to about be honest. Stop watering that dead plant, right? Yeah. Yes, you're you're letting the plant tell you it's dead. And mm-hmm. I've met so many people in sales that have asked me to give them some coaching, some feedback, something. I'm like, why are I almost always say, why are you afraid to get to know? Well, right. I don't want to hear it. And I get you don't want to hear it, but do you really want to keep working on a dead deal? This is you're giving this customer carte blanche to say, no, your product sucks. I don't want. And what's amazing about this email is I've never, I don't think I've ever not gotten a response when I've really used this proactively in the right way. And sometimes it's not a great response either, right? Sometimes it's the one you don't want. But you know what's great about the bad response when I get it is I get a true opportunity to ask for feedback, and I've I've presented this so far as a genuine approach that they're yeah. going to give me real feedback. Look, your product's not as fast as your competitors. Whatever your internal marketing stuff is, it sucks because their stuff's really good. We've done you know been trialing it for, and then it just feeds me with information so that I get to become a better sales rep. Yeah. So a little bit of breakdown on what I think the psychology and some of the, the, the things that are causing that emotion to happen. So in essence, in the very beginning, I'm saying we're done. I'm, I'm going to stop bothering you. I've been bothering you. We're breaking up. This, as it relates to this project, we're, we're done. Um, I, it, it hints to the fact that I understand we've lost, but don't, don't ignore me on future stuff. We've got other things. We've got other products. We've got other things that I want to share with you. I really think my solution's best. Like I'm not, I'm not changing my pitch that I've been given for months or years here. I'm, I, I really do think we were doing what was best for you and Company ABC. And he hears that he or she remembers that. I respect you as the power in this situation. You made the decision. You obviously made the best decision for your business. I couldn't possibly know everything that was going on. Uh, so I'm articulating that to the decision maker or the person that was my sponsor. And I'm going to tell my boss that this opportunity is lost. Like I'm about to lose face. Me and you, we had a deal. We were going to stay in touch. You were supposed to sign the deal next Tuesday and now we're breaking up. So I got to go tell my boss that one of us screwed up. And that's going to invoke a little bit of emotion. No one wants to be a 
flat-faced liar to someone. So that's going to cause a little bit. And the big one that I think is important is that, hey, if I'm wrong in this assumption, because you know what assume spells, right? Sure. So if I'm wrong, please let me know ASAP because I'm about to call my boss and tell him and I don't Mm want to look stupid twice. And then your decision is one that you made and the best for your company. But, hey, I'm still here. I want to connect. Let's do lunch sometime next week. Now, of course, I don't say that in the email, but I'm kind of giving them the openness to call me on future projects. And the key there is if the decision they made was bad, I want them to run to me first. I, I like that a lot. I think <clears throat> I think what it what's most impressive about this approach for me, and for those of you that have tried this, I'm sure you've seen this firsthand, is how quickly you get a response on a note like this. There have been pursuits that I've been involved in that I've been chasing the prospect for months for. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a big project. It's just I had it pipelined. It was a deal that I kind of expected to happen. I chased them for months. Nothing happened. I, I was not getting any follow-up emails, no follow-up phone calls. The drop-bys weren't working. I send this email. I get a response back in three minutes. Oftentimes, I'd get a response back in three to five minutes. And they were like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so glad you emailed me now because this happened. I'm still interested. Let's talk in June. I'm not interested. You lost the deal. Here's why. I am interested. Things are going to pick back up. This is a priority. Thanks for reminding me. It give, And it shows, too, Bobby, I think something it does is it shows self-awareness on your side to say it, it's it's kind of like a it's a refreshing approach i think to the, no to the prospect instead of the same email that all the average reps are sending like hey you're not responding what it's what's your problem you know I, i've seen some yeah. pretty aggressive stuff from salespeople that they think is tough or cool i mean people like to buy from people that they like and enjoy to work with yeah. right and I, I have gotten a lot of responses. I, like I said, I don't think I've ever not gotten responded to. And most are instantaneous, like like you said, super quick. And most often I know if I got a chance or not. And then it's so much easier to hold them to the reverse timeline of new, mm-hmm. the one that you recreate. So our predictions, if you use this email and you're genuine, you've got to be genuine, and you write this email from that right frame of mind, you will get a response the same day. And we challenge you, if you don't, call us. Let us look at your email. Let us help you. I, I, I truly predict you'll get a response on the same day. But you have to be genuine. Number two, you will get a chance to requalify the business. I mean, if, if they, they're going to respond and then you got that chance to reset that timeline, or you, my friend, have a chance to stop chasing the deal. Okay, they want to talk in June. Well, I just wasted uh, thousands of dollars of my company's money, hundreds of hours of my time. I get to requalify it, and that might be me requalifying you out, Brian. You yes. might not have yep. a chance to do business with me. And if you do, now it might be closer to list price than it was that last deal I gave you. That's hard for people, but it is possible. And if you want to keep chasing the opportunity, you will know if it's dead. It's that simple. That's what we talked about on Monday. That's why we're doing this mini episode it truly will help you define if this is a dead plant. I like it. So Bobby, um, as you mentioned, we're going to have an example of this. This will be on our tools page. So go to techsaleshow.com slash tools. Uh, just log in there with your email address and you'll get access to this close the book email. And as you mentioned, you'll write one in real time on YouTube upcoming. Also sign up for our mail list. We got some fun stuff coming here in the next few months. I'm not going to say much more than that. But we'd love to share that with you as time progresses. So sign up for our mail list. You can also do that at techsellshow.com. 
As always, listeners, average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy. Thank <laughs> you.